Hello, everyone. This is Travis J. Vernon, and welcome to today's podcast. Growing up the way I did outside, I loved going on small treasure hunts. This could have been for anything. Fish to me were treasures. Animals that I was pursuing were treasures. Fossils, gold, even just a small adventure was a treasure to me. Homework for me really didn't exist. I'd do homework on the way home on the bus, or I'd do homework on the way to school on the bus. But once I got home, I would just play. I would leave and go do things. One of the fun hobbies that I've always had my entire life is rock counting. I like looking for fossils. I like looking for rocks. And I'm blessed being a fishing guide that I'm able to spend so much time on the river. Rarely is there a time that I'm walking on a stream bank that I don't pick up a rock and bring it home and put it in my pocket. In fact, there's times where I'll get back to the truck and I'll be taking off my pack. And I'll think, wow, my pack is heavy. And then I'll remember I've had three or four rocks placed in it over the last few trips. And I'll need to get them unloaded. I have found some beautiful stones. I like putting rocks in the tumbler. Although that was a way more complicated process than I ever even imagined. Rock tumbling takes pretty much a month to get a rock polished to the point that you want it to be. I typically do a four-stage process. Stage one is a heavy grit. Stage two is a lighter grit, then a lighter grit, then a polishing grit at the very end. But the rocks, every rock is so cool. They're just unique. And I love finding the fossils. When I was a little kid, I'd go up behind my grandparents' mink ranch in Coville, Utah. And there you could find big chunks of sandstone, pieces of limestone. you get into the washes and there'd be these petrified small clams and you could just gather them up by the handfuls. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I'd come home with a giant rock and my grandma would be all excited for me and we'd put it into a spot. Pretty soon I had this massive rock collection. Grandma Betty was always super supportive when it came to things like that. Whatever your interest was, she would support you in that interest. It's been kind of funny over my life, as I've traveled and worked in different places, I've had opportunities to have different teaching assignments, whether it be church or school. And I remember this one teaching assignment I had, and it was at church, and I had this group of young men, and I was talking about fishing for crawdads or crayfish. And the story basically goes... So there I am with a friend and both of our wives, and we're at this reservoir in Utah called East Canyon Reservoir. We're trying to gather crayfish, and we're noticing that the crayfish are deeper and deeper in the water as time goes on. So it evolves to this point where we're picking up about a 5 to 10-pound rock. We weighed out as deep as we could, so we were just on our tiptoes. And then we would push off into the deeper water and let the rock pull us to the bottom. So we'd be in 10 to 15 feet of water and there'd be more crayfish. We'd be gathering those crayfish and throwing them into, I like to use like a big onion sack and we would just pile crayfish in there and then we'd bring them up when the sack started to get a little full and dump them into a cooler. And then we'd have a crawfish boil. Super, super fun. Well, I'm telling the story and this young man in my church group calls me out and basically tells me that I'm full of BS. And that there's no way that I have all these adventures that I say I have. And that there's no possible way that I could do all the things I say I do. I'm sure maybe some of you that listen to my podcast or listen to all the stories 
wonder the same thing. And people have asked me before, how do I accomplish so many different things? Part of it is that I have these cyclical hobbies where I do certain things during certain times of the year when the weather is the best for it. But one of the best things I ever did was when I first got married and I started to attend the University of Utah and I was in the married student housing that lasted about a year and then I couldn't handle it anymore and I had to move back into a small town, get out of the city. But I didn't have a lot of money and cable was expensive. So pretty much from that time forward, I have had the internet, and then there are very few channels that I will buy and then watch them via my television or the internet or Roku. So I love watching soccer, football to those in the rest of the world. I became very passionate about it after living in Brazil for two years. I mean, it's religion in Brazil, soccer is. So it's super addictive. So I became very passionate about that. And I still follow soccer to this day. I love watching it. I also like a lot of the Discovery Channel, History Channel. I like watching things like Alone, Forged in Fire. Anytime there's something that comes up that I don't know either how to do or how to build or how to fix. I like looking it up on YouTube. I would rather figure it out myself than pay somebody else to do it. But there are times where it's best to pay somebody else to do it. And at first in that church group, I was kind of pissed off at that kid. I'm like, how dare you question my integrity? I tell these stories because I enjoy telling the stories. But to doubt whether or not it even happened, that seems kind of bizarre to me. I just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird because I have done all these things. And when I get time off, I like to do things. This is one of the oddest years for me ever. I did not harvest a single big game animal. I have yet to duck hunt, and it's almost Christmas. I had a freezer that was full. Both Nancy and I shot bulls last year, so there wasn't a lot of pressure as far as getting meat for the freezer, and I just didn't do it. It was one of the few years where I, did, I didn't have a huge desire to go, which is also weird for me. As a child, the night before Christmas, I couldn't sleep because I'd be excited about whatever it was I was going to get. I was worse the day before the deer hunt opener or the elk hunt opener, or the duck hunt opener. Those were the events that I was so excited about. And I will say I have been blessed. I've been able to do a lot of things and have tons of experiences in my life. But I work really hard, put enough money away so that I can go on the next adventure, do the next experience. Nancy and I have been planning a trip to Ireland and Scotland now for three-ish years. And the last two years, it's been canceled. Trying to get it booked for this upcoming May. Not 100% sure that's even going to happen. But this past year when it got canceled, we still had a little over a week of vacation to burn. So we decided to go rock hounding. So I put together a list of primarily Utah and Wyoming places. I had a few in Idaho and a few in Montana that I wanted to do also. But only having about seven days, it was going to be difficult to do four states. And you'd have to drive, rock hound, drive, rock hound. I mean, it'd be nonstop. And the time we were going was, man, that was the end of August, first part of September that we went. So it was going to be pretty warm. 
So we really didn't want to rock hound in the heat of the day. So I thought, well, we'll drive during the heat of the day, rock hound in the evening, we're rock hound in the morning. So some of the places we went, I wanted to go to South Pass, which is the South Pass of the Wind River Range in western Wyoming. There were opals there, gold, jade, lots of different types of agates, jasper, and that was really fun. We found multiple 20 millimeter shell casings when we got over towards the Granite Mountain area because they would use that area as target practice in preparation for World War II because there were these giant granite mountains and they would use them as targets imitating sea vessels, boats, ships, and they would come in and strafe them. And so you can find these empty brass casings from the airplanes. And so that was kind of fun. So we found all kinds of different crystals, primarily quartz crystals, these empty brass casings. And then I had read about picking up gemstones out of anthills in southwestern Wyoming. So we went down to the spot that mostly garnets, pyrope garnets in a ton of different colors, and then a small emerald-like chromium diopside that would also be found in these anthills. And I'm not going to lie, I had the same reaction when I read about it as that, that kid in church was calling me out. That just doesn't even seem logical that there'd be gemstones on top of anthills. So we drove out. We were pulling the camper, had the dogs with us, picked up lots of different pieces of chert. There's some really cool banded chert in southwestern Wyoming over by Green River. It's fun to make arrowheads. Yes, I like to flint nap. Another one of those hobbies that I do when I have the motivation to do it. So we were driving down this road. Got to the spot, saw a bunch of anthills. Now this is where it is nice to do in the middle of the day. It was pretty cold in the mornings. But when it's cold on the anthills, the ants aren't as active. And sure enough, there were red pyrope garnets on the surface of these anthills. So we would started coming up with different ways to pick them up without getting stung. Man, I got bit so many times by ants that day. We ended up doing that. For an entire day and then the following morning. Because it was so much fun. Found tons of garnets. All different colors. Yellows, oranges, reds. I had hoped to find some of the purplish colors. Didn't find many of those. But we did find some of the chromium diopside. It was really fun. It was a super fun time. So from there we went out to the opal fields. Primarily common opal. There wasn't... A lot. I'm sure there is rare opal in these areas, but there's so much opal. Boulders that are a ton, and it's the whole thing is opal. So with the amount of opal, there's got to be rare mixed in. It's just going to be harder to find. I mean, it's like standing in the forest and looking for a specific leaf. Is there one there? Probably. But there's so many other leaves you need to go through to find it. It's going to be difficult. So following that, we had a pile of agates and jaspers, headed back to the house, threw all that stuff into the tumbler, got those going, grabbed the stuff for the camper for those first couple nights that we'd forgotten that you don't really remember until you're actually in the situation where you need it. 
So we grabbed that, topped off the water in the camper, headed down to southern Utah. I was kind of hoping to go all the way down towards Arizona, but again, we just ran out of time. We ended up going down to Topaz Mountain, which is one of my favorite things to do. I love looking for red barrel and sherry-colored topaz in the Thomas Range. We also went to the quarry that has Vernon Wonderstone. No relation that I'm aware of. But we found a bunch of that. That, by the way, coming out of the tumbler is really cool looking. So we got a bunch of Vernon Wonderstone. Then from there, we went down to Topaz. Got a bunch of Topaz. We only spent, I'd say, an afternoon at Topaz Mountain. It's not Nancy's favorite place, so we didn't spend a ton of time there. But we did find some pieces of Red Barrel. Found some good Topaz. And then we went to the Dugway Geode Beds. We were kind of worried about that one because everybody was saying that the Geode Beds were a mess. There had been some massive rainstorms and all the roads were washed out and this, that, and the other. That kind of stuff doesn't really worry me all the time. So we headed over there anyway. The roads were washed out. There were some spots that were pretty sketchy. But by getting into the river bed itself... It was mostly sand with some small gravel. We just drove down that. It was a smoother path than the road because the road had been washed out. So we drove down that until we bisected a different road and then got out on that. Found some awesome geodes. That was a really good time. That was both Nancy and I's first time there. We cut a bunch of them open. I have some bigger ones. I don't have a big enough saw to cut the big ones open, so I'm going to have to pay to have those cut. But we did find some really fun rocks on that trip. And that's how we spent a week. Had some great experiences, broke open a ton of rock, found some fun things, and went to some places that we'd never been before. I'm not sure if you can hear the wind. I'll try and edit all that stuff out. But man, there's a storm blowing in right now. It is windy and cold. Spent the morning out in the greenhouse, getting stuff moved over, and I started planting some microgreens. Those I'm growing in the house. Microgreens are kind of fun. I was really surprised. Man, that wind is just howling right now. Whenever the storms start rolling in like this, this is when I start thinking about camping, going up into the backcountry. And I know it's just because now it's not reasonable to do what I want to do, to go to the places I want to go. So when you tell me that I can't do something, that's where it becomes even a stronger desire to go do it. But the rock counting stuff has been very fun. Been taking my nephews and nieces, go to some spots close by where they, there's some great agates pick them up. We just switched over to stage three in the tumbler. So it'll be a little bit after Christmas and they'll be able to come get their rocks. So that'll be really nice. It's just, they're fun. They're fun things to do. Plus it gets you looking at the ground. There's so many things that I've walked past in my life. Some of these adventures I like to go on, it really focuses your attention in a way that you see things that normally you wouldn't things that you would miss. I guess just goes back to the whole perspective thing. When you're looking for mushrooms, you see mushrooms. When you're looking for deer, you can train your eye to see deer. When you're looking for fossils, you train your eye to see fossils. There's so much knowledge and so much information that I want that I'll probably never be able to glean over the course of my lifetime. But I'm going to try really, really, really hard. Rock hounding's a fun one. If you want to know right where my anthills are, Throw me a message, I'll tell you exactly where they are. Super fun. I'm blessed to be in southwestern Wyoming to be able to find those things. I'm still going to go to Idaho because there's thunder eggs up there that I want to go find. And I still want to go to Montana because I can go pan for gold 
and sapphires. That is correct. You can pan for sapphires in Montana. All that stuff fascinates me. So more trips to plan, more things to do. If you've never tried rock hounding, almost every state in the West has a rock hounding Utah, rock hounding Wyoming, rock hounding Colorado book that you can buy. It's great. Find a local rock shop. Yeah, you can get it off Amazon, but try and support your local shops. Those guys don't make a ton of money. It's a good way to support them. And get out there and live your stories.